Hey, this is Sergio Williams, and I am your podcast host, and this is Politics as Usual, where we try our best to break down complex issues and break them down to where the average Joe can understand, whether that be politics, music, sports, fashion, art, business, and anything that's affecting the world that we live in. So tune in now to this week's episode of Politics as Usual so you can be informed, educated, motivated on today's most pressing issues with your host, Sergio Williams. Hey, how you doing? It's your boy, Sergio Williams, and welcome back to my podcast, Politics as Usual. And this is my first episode. And I really wanted to get that out there. And today is July 4th, 2020. We're celebrating Independence Day in America. The day that America declared independence from Great Britain. From its tyranny and oppressive government. And how it was suppressing the so-called Americans in America and they declared their independence and denounced their citizenship as British citizens and they became American citizens and became independent and self-governing on this continent and so that is a huge accomplishment for any group of people um, or any nation of people that is huge them declaring their independence and so as me being a Moorish American, living in America, and understanding the plight or the problems behind black America living in America, um, I really wanted to dedicate my first episode and this episode to the relationship between black America and independence. Freedom and liberation. Um, what really inspired me to do this first episode, because I had been planning the podcast for so long and I had been hesitating, really started. But what really inspired me to really just drive me to go ahead is because I really had a nudge and an urge to really want to elaborate on uh, this topic and go more into history. So for this episode, we will we'll be talking about history and the history of America and its relationships to black America. And I saw a post from one of my old teachers on Facebook and she was really like her independence post on Facebook and it really inspired me to really do this episode and go into deeper history and of black people, uh the African people on the continent of Africa and its relationship to America and its independence and black people being enslaved in here in America. So the post said, I'm not going to say who it came from because I don't want to give them no type of backlash or attention or anything behind that for political reasons. So I'm not going to express that, but the post says that the first slaves were reported around 1619 in Jamestown. The United States declared independence July 1776. Blacks were still enslaved, in parentheses. 
Emancipation Proclamation signed 1863. Blacks still enslaved. Parentheses. Last slaves received news of freedom June 8, June 1865. And then it has the black faces pump 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 2020. Um and it just really inspired me to really want to give more history and a, and a more in-depth understanding of the history of a lot of what she explained and a lot of what she was hitting at. And I wanted to really dedicate this episode to really the black community as an audience and really encourage them to dig deeper than 1619 and deeper into the continent of Africa history and deeper into what actually happened to um, us as a people. Um, I'm going to start with the first line, which um, they stated that the first slaves were reported around 1619 in Jamestown. Um, I don't I want to really pick up on the 1619 date because that was kind of like one of the official dates that the ships came to America and I think they had eight or nine slaves on the ships and those were the first African slaves to come onto this continent as slaves and to serve as slaves in Jamestown. Um, and so I wanted to really dig deeper into that because reading that really reminded me of uh, me doing research on um, just the continent of Africa and really what happened like right before slavery happened we became enslaved and the enslavement and the afterwards and based off my research right before 1619 just seeing that date it reminded me of the battle of Tandibai Tandibai the battle of Tandibai um, T-O-N-D-I-B-I I encourage you to Google it, research it, YouTube it um, Dig as far as you can, as much as you can Into the Battle of Tundabai. Um It was a battle that happened March 13, 1519 I mean 1591 March 13th 1591 In Tundabai, Mali That's why I call the Battle of Tundabai Because it was intended by Mali And this shows you where the location We in West Africa At the time uh, You have the Sangay Empire Really ruling much of Northern and Western Africa at the time So you have the Sangay ruling This is big <clears throat> Because a lot of people would like To emphasize that North African is more European and It's really not associated with African people and that really is a big theory, so that's why I really wanted to emphasize that the Sangay Empire was ruling from the center in, I want to say, Danji, uh, Mali, uh, around Timbuktu area was like the capital of what is American Day, Washington, D.C. And um, they were ruling North and West Africa. So I really wanted to emphasize that because a lot of people would want to say that Northern Africa is more European and it's not associated with the West Africa and the darker people. But I want to show you a period in time, 1591. It's not too far back. This is 1591 
30, 40 years right before 1619 and the first slaves came. So it's like 30 years before. And you have this battle between the Sun God Empire and Aski, Ashaki II, being the general on the Sun God Empire, was going against the Sultan of Morocco. And the Sultan is kind of like the king or the president um, of Morocco, which is northern Africa, which was ruled by uh, the Arabs at the time. I would say an Arab dynasty. So it's kind of like, in nationality terms, like Arab versus African at this time. With the Sangay, not Sangay, but the Moroccan Empire really being bagged by the Portuguese and the Spanish, which was the Europeans. So on one side, you have the Sultan of Morocco, uh, which is a Arab king versus an African king um, they're going to war um, and at this time it's really over the interpretation of Islam because you have the Arab Islam I'm going to give you an example believed in the face covering of their women and covering of their women where in West African and um, African society they didn't follow those customs um, so that's an example of different ways of interpreting and enforcing Sharia law, which is Islamic law. So it's kind of it was like a legal dispute between the two on how it should be. And you had the Moroccan Empire and the Moroccan King looking at the West African Islam, which was at the time the most dominant in the face of Islam at the time. They considered them to be backwards people and were were not practicing Islam right and they were coming to redeem the faith of Islam in a place where they felt as if people were going astray from Islam and on the Moroccan side you have the Moroccans having the vice versa interpretation and vice versa feelings towards them they are not practicing it right we're the leaders in the face of islam and we are redeeming the faith of islam so it was a religious war at the time and just a little bit more prehistory before then you had uh the arabs as well as the west african um, people really living together as one and really not having this problem prior to. But over time, they began to really have custom differences and really clash and bump heads with each other over the cultural and legal aspects of Islam. Came later on during the line. But we're not going to go that far. I'm going to keep it in the 1591, 1619 era. Um, and so that is really like the reasons for the war and like the backdrop of why they're going to war and so you have the Arabs that go and have alliances with the Portuguese and the Spanish and a lot of the small European countries at that time who were being enslaved and dominated by the Moorish nations and African nations at the time were dominating the Mediterranean Sea and um, I encourage you guys to look into a book called White Slavery and he explains this in detail about how we were enslaving 
European nations on seas, kidnapping them and enslaving them. And you can go into the treaties with the Moorish nations, with British, um, Spain, Portuguese, all of these nations had their ships and citizens being kidnapped and enslaved by African people and we were holding them for ransom and they was paying the church. We had Christian church churches paying ransoms to Moorish kings and Moroccan empires to free slaves that were being kidnapped overseas. So overseas. So that's the reason and why a lot of the European nations, as far as like the politics behind why they wanted to align with the Moroccans to see these West Africans, Islamic warlords in their eyes come down. Um, so that's a more background of why the European nation was involved. Why were they going to war and who is who? Doing this battle of Tandabai, uh, that I'm speaking about, and um, I really want to get into the consequences and, and, and the battle and the consequences and explain the different the battle. Okay, at the battle, the Moroccans was being supplied with gunpowder. You had the European nations just the cattle. And I think on the day somehow he ended up sending in the cattle the in the wrong direction, and they were supposed to stampede the army of the Moroccans and the Portuguese, but it was a miscommunication between the animals, and they ended up being killed all of the thousand animals, and they ended up losing that battle due to that. So it was. Um, I wish I could go more into detail, but I wanted. Do more research and get more descriptive about that. But if you guys are more interested in me giving a more detailed battle um, of the Tundabai, uh, I would do that. Just comment, send me a message, and let me know, and I'll dig deeper in that. But yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty much what happened. Um, the cattle was killed, sent in the wrong direction. Um, a lot of the people in, that were soldiers that were lost ended up being enslaved. Um, and that battle really shook the Sungai Empire. They didn't exactly fall right then, which is leading up until, I would say, my main point, which is going up until now, like 1619, I mean 1603. Leading up until 1619, where at the time you have the Sultan, the king, because you have he sent his general out into battle and they lost his battle, kind of like America losing his big battle. And so, with losing his big battle, it was a big, like, power vacuum in the Sangay Empire with the king being in his older age and at a time where he was about to pass away and he was sick. So, in 1603, the Sultan died by a lot of plagues that swept through um, Morocco at the time. And war between his sons broke out in the house and between the sons and the uncles and a lot of the empire. So that infighting led to more crumbling of that empire. And 
soon after that, all was left of the legacy of the Sun God Empire was left in Marrakesh with local warlords and the Portuguese and the Spanish taking over a lot of that territory. So, there's two aspects I really wanted to dig, dig deep into. In 1603, with even 2020, we're celebrating independence. Um, and we got this COVID-19 situation running rapid across the globe. Uh, it's kind of was the same exact pandemic going on at that time, which swept through and actually killed the king at the time, the sultan. Of the Sangay Empire, um, which left a lot of the kingdom um, which left a lot of the kingdom in disarray. And this the king at that time was a Shaki the second. Aski a Shaki the second. He was the king and general. I know before I said it was just a general, but um, my team did more research, and it turns out he was the actual sultan, which was the king at the time because he was Moorish. He was the sultan of Morocco at the time, and he also died, and when he died, that plague swept through, and it really just tore up a lot of that Sangay empire, um, and it began a lot of fighting between inbreeding and at the same time you had the Portuguese coming in at in this time and really enslaving a lot of West Africa and the Battle of Thunderbite is what really opened up the European nations to West Africa. Prior to then the European nations had no contact or haven't physically been or traveled to West Africa. Um you have um, extensive books of travel, and it's the time of Christopher Columbus and the great age of exploration that we read about in American history that led to the founding of America and how they were able to found America. Um, found and find America. Christopher Columbus, um, Vasco. Uh, American Puche, um, all of these discoveries, they got this information from West Africa. It's when the fall of the Sangay Empire and the, um, really fall of that empire. So that's how the Portuguese in the slave trade started with the fall of the Sangay Empire. And that's big because I really want to elaborate on the state where we was, the religion, what type of culture we had, um, how big was the empire, how rich we was, like that battle and that situation highlights a lot of where we was, the state we was right before we fell and what it really was all about. Um, and so I really doing this episode really encouraged me to do a longer series on um, American independence and this relationship to the founding of America with black people and how we actually got here from the 1619 aspect uh, because that battle will really explain 
our state and where we was when we fell and what happened and how we ended up on those ships on the shores of America as slaves. Because we were already in America, I want to point that out, but how we came over as slaves. And the enslavement process has a lot to do with the Sankei Empire, that battle, uh, the Moroccans and the Portuguese and Spain, European nations teaming up to basically go against the uh, African stronghold and power in the world at the time. It was almost the equivalent of one of like World War One or World War Two of our um, previous times to give you a sense of what on a world level how big that battle was and the huge impact it had on the growth of America and us being enslaved as black people on the planet. Um, so I think that that was really a big key to show what we was what we was doing and so i really wanted to do this episode because um, i'm gonna do more series where i elaborate more i didn't want to make it that long but i really wanted to make that first part segment of the connections between black america and american independence and building on the battle of 1591 the battle of Tundibai between the Sungate Empire and the Moroccan Empire. And it really will expose a lot of Moorish history, um, African history, Moorish history being the Moroccans, because you had the Sungate Empire going against the Moroccan Empire and the Moroccans, which at the time were ruled by the Arabs. And it, it, it really digs deep into that. So I think this first episode will really... Um, Give people to really look at the Battle of Tundabai and its relationship to 1691, 1619, and then us coming over as slaves and what happened, how we got here, and who we were as a people, and why I don't I say we are not black people, um, we are Moorish, um, by blood. And in later episodes, I was explaining the Moorish connection, but that's what I want to really elaborate on. The Battle of Tundabai, 1591, and its connections to 1619, and the first African slaves coming to America being enslaved. Um, so that's really the first part. I want to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to come back to the second episode. I'm really going to be packed with more information, and we're really going to get deeper on what happened after the fall of the Battle of 1591 at the Battle of Tundabai. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe. I'm going to have my cash app link. You can donate, support in any way, share. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Sergio Williams, and this is Politics as Usual.
thank you for listening to this week's podcast with your host, Sergio Williams. We hope you feel informed, educated, and motivated so much that you subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, Facebook page, as well as donate to our cash app to show support for this podcast and what we do. You can also purchase our merchandise from our social media pages, share this podcast, and help spread the word to make this the number one podcast for information and motivation. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for our next episode of Politics as Usual with your host, Sergio Williams.